by what I feel. It goes by what I know. And I learned, Sister Pat, I've learned that what I know is the Word of God and it's true. It's powerful. It's life to them that believe. And it is my life. Amen. And so whatever it is I'm facing, it's going to work for my good. Somewhere, somehow, some way, at some point, there is an expected end, hallelujah, to what you're facing. And it will have worked for your good. Amen. I'm thankful for that, Sister Lisa. I couldn't make it, Sister Pat, for tomorrow. I wouldn't make it, hallelujah, if I didn't believe that. If I didn't know that to be true. It's been hard. It's, everybody's got a story. Hallelujah. What Sister Lisa's walked through might not be hard at all for me. And what I've walked through may seem trivial to her. Each person has their own walk to do. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful for a praying mama. Oh, my God. Had she not prayed for me all my life, where would I be? Where would I be? I'm thankful for a praying mama. Someone who believed in God, I can remember. I don't know why I'm going here. Hallelujah. I can remember when my twin babies died. My first pregnancy, I had tried so hard to have a baby. I wanted a baby with all my heart. And they were born premature and died. And I was devastated. And the day after the funeral, everyone had gone home and my husband had gone back to work and he came home from work and I didn't care 10 cents about his day. I didn't ask him about his day. My words were, take me to the cemetery. And I laid on the grave and I dug in the dirt and I screamed, I want my babies. My heart was broke. My precious mama called me that night to check on me. And my mother-in-law, because I was living with my mother-in-law, told her, said, she's not been good today. My mama said, honey, I can't say that I know what you're feeling. God's blessed me and I've raised every one of my babies. I don't know what it feels like to put one under the ground. But I can tell you this. If loving you and praying for you will get you through this, you're going to make it. You're going to make it because you've got more love than you know. And you've got more prayers than you can count. And God's faithful, loving you and praying for you. If that'll get you through it, Kathy, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. And you know what? I made it. Hallelujah. Mama was telling me the truth. Amen. That love and prayer can take you anywhere. Hallelujah. Take you through anything. It'll get you there. Amen. I'm thankful for that, Sister Lisa. That's a lesson. Hallelujah. That I couldn't have paid any school system to teach me. I learned it by experience. Amen. By experience. Hallelujah. Now I look back. Yes, I'm crying this morning because I feel the Spirit of God and it's something that I love and I have hungered for. But I'm thankful this morning for what He's taught me in every situation in life. That was not a fun situation. I did not enjoy that at all. Hallelujah. But I grew in it and it worked for my good. And yes, there was good that came out of that. Hallelujah. If not, but to teach me about love and faith, love and prayers, what it will do for a person. 
So whoever you are this morning, whatever your journey is, whatever your struggle is, just know that if loving you and praying for you can get you through it, bless God, you're going to make it. There are people loving you and praying for you every day. Hallelujah. We have a hope. And if you don't know anybody that prays for you, you can go to the Word of God over there. I, I can't give you the reference right now, but if you want it, I'll give it to you after church, where Jesus says, Peter, the enemy sifted you. He's desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail you not. So if nobody else is praying for you, you can know that Jesus Himself is praying for you and interceding for you with the Father. Luke 22, 31. You can go there and read it for yourself. You can know that Jesus is praying for you. And I love my brothers and sisters and I desire their prayers and I appreciate them with all my heart. But if I had to choose just one person to pray for me... <laughs> Oh my God, it would be Jesus. It would be the one who paid the price for it all, Sister Deborah. It would be the one who knew the ultimate about self-sacrifice. Amen? It would be Jesus that I would have praying for me. Oh, I'm thankful this morning. I don't know what you came to do. <laughs> I came to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know what you came expecting, but I came expecting God to move in this place. I don't know what you came looking for, but I came looking for Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning. I believe He's here. <laughs> he's met with us. Hallelujah. And He's got an agenda just for you. He got an agenda just for you, ain't Pat? Hallelujah. He got an agenda for you, Daddy. Just for you. Hand picked out for Emory Hansard. He's got an agenda, Sister Lisa, just for you. Hallelujah. I'm thankful this morning. Each one of us. Hallelujah. Are you ready to hear the word this morning? Would you make our pastor welcome? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Is anybody glad today to be in the house of the Lord? Hallelujah. Right, I want us to go to prayer. And everybody that physically able, will you stand with me? And let's present our hearts to the Lord. And day may be a little bit different. Because... God is changing things and doing things sometimes a little different, but I had a Bible study the other morning, and me and my wife started a Bible study at our house on Thursday morning, and we added a person already. we only been having it two weeks, and we done added a person, and we had about a two-hour Bible study the other morning, and man, I love to study God's Word, so... Uh, the Lord had me do a Bible study. Started talking to me about 6 o'clock that morning to get the prophecy that came out back in April and just had me start breaking it down and talking. And we talked about it for almost two hours, what God's doing and how He's bringing His Word forth. If we need to turn that air conditioner on, y'all turn it on. It was just so nice and cool outside this morning. We didn't, we didn't want to turn anything on. 
But I want you to go to prayer with me. And what I want you to ask God to do, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. God's talking to His people. Amen. God's talking to His people. And God's taking us somewhere if we'll go. Hallelujah. So let's just lift our hearts to Him because He's mindful of us. Amen. There's one thing about it. God's faithful. You keep God's Word. God's faithful. But He expects you to be faithful too. You know, I remember one time I was, I was talking to the Lord and and the Lord asked me something. Because you know I'm all the time, we're all the time telling God we love Him and we trust Him. But He said, can I trust you? Can I trust you? Two-way streets, covenant. God expects something out of you. Amen. If He's going to be faithful to you, He expects you to be faithful to Him. If you can trust God, God wants to trust you. Amen. Because there ain't a lot of people that won't be faithful to the Lord anymore. I appreciate people that won't be faithful. And I'm doing my best to make God my number one priority. Amen. Got to where I don't hardly listen to anything anymore. Never listened much to start with. Like to watch the news every now and then just a little bit, but about the only reason I've had the news on this last week is because of the hurricane and all the stuff that's happened. Now we got another big one churning towards us. So let's go to prayer and let's ask God to open our understanding. You know we need understanding. Understanding is light. It's light, it's knowledge, it's wisdom. Amen. And we need that. The Bible said Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and found favor with God and man. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And we ask you, Lord, to overshadow this service today. Lord, we come before you humbly to ask you to give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking into the church. Lord, let it be so that what it is done here today is for your honor, your name to be lifted up and magnified and for your glory. Lord, the glory don't belong to us. It belongs to you. No matter what you do through man, God, because you've chosen to minister that way in these days, God, we can do nothing without you, and the glory is all yours. So whatever's done here today, God, whether it be salvation, healing, deliverance, encouragement, strength, let it be for the name of Jesus to be honored and magnified. In Jesus' name, we ask it to be so, Father. Amen. Y'all just lift your hands and give the Lord a good praise before you sit down. I tell you, I feel the working of the Spirit of God today. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated. It's good, 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 good. I got a great expectancy today. And y'all just have to bear with me because I've been wound up since four thirty this morning. <laughs> and didn't get in bed till after midnight. We drove in, got in bed after midnight and 
And uh, Lord woke me up this morning, and I was laying there in the bed, and Lord started dealing with my heart. And so since about 4.30 this morning, I've been feeling the Spirit of the Lord in a great way. And I'm going to tell you, I, I can live like that. How many of y'all can live with the Spirit of God moving on you? And I, got, I don't know what all this I'll get to, uh, but about 5 o'clock, the Word of the Lord started coming to me this morning. I had to get up. Couldn't stay in that bed no more. <laughs> had to get up and start writing down what God was giving me. And I told my wife, if the, you know, we started a YouTube channel uh, about a month ago and we hadn't put anything on it until a couple of weeks ago when the Spirit of the Lord began to talk to me there at the living room in the house. And I told my wife, I said, we get in this evening. I said, I'm going to go to prayer and I'm going to see if God will let me put this because this thing goes all over the world. And if y'all was here last week, Sister Patty ministered to me. And she told me to get in contact with a man named Georgie. Well, he's an Indian man that we worked with in our mission trip to India in 2006 and 2007. He translated for me. But he's in Germany now. And the Lord told me to get in touch with him, start getting it set up. We could preach this word live. We can go live over YouTube, preach right into Germany. And that's amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to tell you something. You get on an airplane, fly to Germany, you're eight, nine hours. Easy, because I've been there. I've done it because we used to go to uh, Frankfurt. Then we'd leave Frankfurt and go into India. So you're good, seven, eight hours from here to Frankfurt. That word of the Lord can be there in seconds. And the way the Lord ministered through Sister Patty, she said, you start this, it's going to open doors. This word's going to start going around the world. And then she said, you're going to go from nation to nation and country to country. Hallelujah. And I believe it. Because back in, I can't remember, uh, late 70s, I was preaching on street corner. Can you get preachers? Let me preach, Brother Donald. They wouldn't let me preach. So I'd go stand on street corner and preach. I'd go to the jails, prisons, nursing homes. I used to go to the hospital in visiting hours when I was a young preacher. And I'd walk in, just go in somebody's hospital room, just pray and ask God to leave me. I'd go in somebody's hospital room, and I said, uh, My name's Brother Metter. I'd like to talk to you about the Lord. And I said, If the Lord moves, I said, I'd like to pray for God to heal you. <laughs> I've had them put me out of one or two. <laughs> but I've had some folks get healed too. And I was preaching in a jail one day it was over out of Scottsboro, Alabama and went in there and started preaching and they stood back around the wall none of them would come up to the bars and I didn't think nobody was listening because they just kind of stood there and hung their heads and I said well if there's anybody here you want me to pray with you officer was standing there I said be alright if they come up to the bars and I just take them by the hand and pray for them he said yeah I said any of y'all want prayer God touch your life and help you. Buddy, they lined up. <laughs> I said they lined up. Besides that, most of Jesus' ministry and apostles' ministry was in the streets. Amen. In the marketplaces. Going out there. Jesus said, they that hold 
need not a physician. Man, this word that God's bringing is going to get outside the church. It's going to get out in the streets. It's going to get out in the highways and the hedges. Amen. Is anybody with me today? Man, y'all quiet. Hallelujah. And the Lord started talking to me this morning about what He's doing. I don't know if we'll get into that. But did you get them? Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, give them, if you got the prophecy and the word of the Lord, give them that. Uh, we appreciate y'all being here. And what I do every week, what I do every week is I uh, study scriptures and I give commentary on it. And most of the time I preach and just, but the Lord dealt with me. This prophecy come back in April. Wisdom Brother Michael Harris, he pastors our church in Fort Payne, Alabama. Him and his wife and was staying with them was in a meeting over there. And about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody was just fixing dinner. And I was sitting in there on a the little love seat. Man, I'd been feeling the Spirit of God strange all day. Kind of like today. <laughs> and they were fixing dinner. And little Michael was cooking on the grill and he's going in and out. And man, all of a sudden the word of the Lord just hit me and I just started prophesying. Prophesied for about 15, 20 minutes. And the Spirit of God fell in that place. And the very ministry and the word that fell on Sister Patty last week when she was here, and the Spirit of the Lord took her over. I ministered to her. Right after that prophecy come forth, I went and laid hands on her and ministered to her by the word of the Lord, what God's fixing to do in her life. You know, everybody that's watched that video and saw it on live stream was amazed at how God used Sister Patty. And I'm going to tell you something. Sister Patty ain't never ministered that much. She's ministered a little bit. She ain't never ministered that much. And she went back they went back to Alabama Monday. And I think Monday night somebody called her. They were sick. Called her to pray for them. She prayed for them. God healed them over the phone. God healed them. And, and she told them. She just boldly told them why the enemy was getting in their life. Told them what to do to get it straightened out. She had a Bible study Tuesday morning down in the lady's apartment. That started coming to church a few months back. And another lady come in. And said she used to serve God. Time Bible study was over, she gave her heart back to God. They had prayer meeting at church that night, Tuesday night. She come and God poured out a renewing of the Holy Ghost on her. Her and another lady. And then Wednesday night service, she brought four more. So the Spirit of God's on the move. That sound like what? It is. That's what God's starting to do. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a young generation out there that's got to be reached. they got to be reached. There's a, there's a lot of people right now, you ain't never going to get them to change what they believe. But there's young people out there who never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, never heard the gospel of the kingdom, never seen the power of God. See, I was raised in miracles. I was raised going to tent revivals of A.A. Allen and Lowell Roberts and listen to Jack Cohen and William Brown. I used to listen to all them on the radio. I mean, I was just six, seven, eight years old. There's sometimes we'd spend a month out of our summer at A.A. Allen's meeting on the Atlanta Fairground every night. Mom and Daddy worked all day, come in every night, get ready and take us to church, 40 mile down there, 40 mile back. A lot of time it'd be 1230, 1, 1.30. Before we'd get in, Daddy had to get up, 5.30, 6 o'clock, 
go to work, was there every night for five, six, and seven, every night. And then people want to have three-night meeting and call it revival. I used to tell folks when I was out under the tents, because I evangelized for 22 years and had tent revivals. And I used to tell folks out under the tent, I said, three days? I said, man, it takes me seven, eight days to make the devil mad, stir things up. You got to preach at least a week, ten days, let folks know you're in town, and then another seven, ten days to help folks. I, I don't know if I ever had a tent meeting any shorter than 14, 16 days, and a lot of them run three weeks and longer. And we'd, we'd start out with five, six, seven people, wind up 100, 150, 200. And there have been times as the ministry grew and the tents got bigger, I'd close them out with four and five hundred people. People standing around the walls, wouldn't have room to seat them. <laughs> wouldn't have room to seat them at all. I remember down in Twin City, Georgia in 1991. I had a tent up down there and set up inside a little old church. Lady just started a church down there. And lady come in, she's sitting on the back road. I received the offering. She's hobbling on the cane. It took her almost five minutes to walk in front of the church. And the Lord spoke to me about her. And I said, ma'am, I don't know what's wrong with you. I said, but you stand right there and I get through praying the uh, receiving the offer. And I said, I'm going to pray the prayer of faith for you. God told me he's going to heal you. And I didn't know what was wrong with her. I'd never seen her before. Went on and received the offer and I turned at her. And I said, what's wrong with you? She said, preacher. She said, I've had, I, she either said five or seven or nine, I can't remember now, major operations. She said, they sent me home, I'm dying with cancer. And they told me I ain't got very long to live. And you know how the devil would do. <laughs> he said, all right, smart Ellie, what are you going to do now? I just stepped out there, laid my hands on her, because God told me he's going to heal her. Laid my hands on her, believed God, prayed the prayer of faith for her. God healed that woman. She walked through that whole little old town probably about the size of Ella J if it was even that big. She walked through that whole town around all them neighborhoods because that's where she's raised. She went out there and went door to door, knocked on doors and told them people what God had done for her. That night, we run about 30, 40 people that night, 200 and something plus people. Turned out that tent meeting, God started working miracles and that thing started growing and little old church there had about 40, 50 chairs in it. We borrowed them. They had another church down Savannah, sent down there and got all their folding chairs. Time we got all them on the tent, we're running 350, 400, and had them standing around the walls. And God working one miracle right after the other and saving souls and delivering people. Hallelujah. And that little lady started going to church there and went to church there for probably 10, 12, 15 years. God totally healed her. God totally healed her. And she'd sit on the front row of the church, and every time I'd go in, I'd go in and preach maybe a couple times a year, and she'd always, when i come out and take the platform, she'd always get up and come hug my neck. I said, Brother Matter, I love you. I said, it's because of you and Jesus I'm still alive. Hallelujah. Don't you appreciate the Lord? I said, don't you appreciate the Lord today? Hallelujah. And is everybody got a copy of this prophecy from Brother Michael's house. Okay. That's where I want to start. Like I said, I I usually just 
write down some scripture and expound, preach the word of God. And I appreciate this couple being here. They said they heard us on the radio. And I appreciate it. Y'all want to introduce yourself? Okay. All right. We appreciate y'all coming to be with us. Hopefully God will do something or we'll say something to help you. But like I said, this prophecy came and I've read it several times, listened to it, and I never thought nothing about it as far as getting into it and studying it. But we, like I said, we started that Bible study at our house and Lord's got to where 4, 4.30 of a morning, man, he just starts stirring my spirit. And, I got to, and most of the time I don't go to bed studying the Word, listening to prophecy, listening to... I'll just sit sometime and turn my Bible on on my phone, just sit there and listen to Scripture for an hour, hour and a half. And sometimes it's 12, 12, 31 o'clock before I ever go to bed. And most of the time, 4.35 o'clock, maybe 5.30. Lord starts stirring me, usually about 6 o'clock. My wife's got her alarm set. She'll get up, and she got a place downstairs. She goes studies and prays, and she's usually down there two or three hours. I believe it's time for ministers to do what the book of Acts said, and that's give yourself continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Amen? Somebody got to get in a place that God can use them, and God can make himself real. And I believe we're moving into that place that we are at the door of seeing a book of Acts move of the Holy Ghost. I mean, souls get... y'all realize Peter... I don't know how much Peter preached, but he was only with Jesus three and a half years. Don't know how much he preached during that time, but the Lord did send him out to preach and, and heal the sick. And But Peter stood up first day after the Holy Ghost fell on him and won 3,000 souls. Now that is a move of God. That's a move of God. Now I ain't never seen that kind of move in this country, but I've seen them in India. Because man, we've preached to acres of people over there. I went with other missionaries, seven, eight of us go every year, and they'd organize crusades over there. Sometimes we'd have 10, 12, 14 acres of people just wouldn't have chairs. They'd just come out, sit on the ground, and then they'd stand. And I had my own meetings over there in 93, I believe it was. 94, I can't remember which one. But they rented a schoolhouse in the grounds. And we had almost thirty to 40,000 people come out that meeting. And God opening blind eyes and unstopping deaf ears and healing and saving I don't know how many they baptized. I didn't get to go to the baptism, but I let the native preachers take them and baptize them, try to get them into church. And I think there's two hours baptizing folks. <laughs> and we got I got letters from the preachers in that town for two and three months, my wife can tell you. And they was telling me that for two and three months after that meeting, they have way up in the mountains, that, that town kind of sat down in a bowl. And all around they had mountains that people lived in. And they call them tribal areas where people just don't live in the city, but they live up in the hills. They live primitive. They said people was coming out of them tribes and villages up there telling them about the miracles that the Spirit of God just went up there and done. Some of them come down to the meeting. We'd go to the meeting 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon and leave 1, 30, 2 o'clock in the morning, headed to the meeting, you'd see them walking. Headed back, you'd see them walking. 
because some of them walked 7, 8, 10, 12 miles to get those meetings at night because God was making himself so real. And we got word that there was miracles happening up in them tribal areas. People had come down to the meeting, went back and told people, said the Spirit of God just going out and healing folks. Hallelujah. And up on top of that mountain where we stayed, because we couldn't stay down there in that town where we was preaching. There wasn't, there wasn't nothing clean enough for us to stay in. I'm serious. They had a, a little old motel down there, and they rented me a room in it that I could go in and take a shower and change clothes because I was soaked in, you know, well, I'll say sweat. Some people perspire, but I sweat. <laughs> but I'd be soaked, and I'd go to that little old motel, take a shower, and I had to just about hold my breath the whole time I was in there. It stunk so bad. But we found a little old clean motel up on that mountain. wasn't but 10, 12 miles downtown, but it'd take us 30 minutes going down them roads to get down there. And we had a meeting up there, and when we built a platform, we had to build it. Eight or ten feet high, where everybody out there could see us. You get twenty, thirty thousand people out there; they stretch out a little ways, and we build them up high. And they'd bring a lame man in every night, set him right down in front of that platform. Was preaching the word one night. The Spirit of God got so strong, nobody touched him. The Spirit of God just fell on him. He got up and started running back and forth, praising God. Hallelujah! That's what I'm looking to see, and it's at the door. I'm telling you, this thing's at the door. Hallelujah. So, uh, you may not understand everything I'm saying, but God is revealing Himself. And I am excited about what God's doing. And God, uh, y'all, I think she gave y'all the copy of what I wrote down this morning and but the Lord started telling me this morning and I'm just feeling my way by the Spirit of God so y'all just bear with me because I'm not sure exactly you know I gotta be I gotta walk this thing out because <laughs> the Lord's got so much in my spirit I feel like a damn fixing the bust but the Lord started telling me this morning, He said, the season we're in right now, He said, it's like the day between the resurrection and the ascension. He said that He's going to open our understanding on things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and He's going to visit us and deal with us and open our understanding on things. He said, just like I did my disciples in, in the book of Acts. You know, the Bible said Jesus showed Himself alive in the first chapter of Acts by many infallible proofs to His disciples. For 40 days he showed himself. I don't think he spent the whole 40 days with them. But he said he showed himself alive for a period of 40 days with many infallible proofs. And he instructed them in things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And the Lord dealt with me that he's now instructing us in the authority and dominion of the kingdom. Because that's what Jesus, that's what John come preaching. John come preaching water baptism. He said, get ready, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Amen. And Jesus came demonstrating and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God's not in word, it's in power. And I said it's in power. And everywhere the gospel of the kingdom was preached, great miracles and deliverance happened. When Philip went down to Samaria in the 8th chapter of Acts and preached things pertaining to the kingdom of God and they heard what he said, had so many miracles.
unclean spirits come out of people with loud voices, people with palsy and all kind of demons come out of whole city turned out. Why? He was preaching the authority and power of the kingdom of God. We're moving into something, children. I said, we're moving into something. It's time to get up and be about the Father's business. But the Lord started telling me, He said, this short season, it ain't going to last a long time. And He said, it's going to depend on how my people dedicate themselves and press me and seek me as to how I reveal myself. You know, we got too much going on in the natural. People got too much going on. You know, when I grew up, I grew up in the home of prayer. I grew up in the home of Bible study. And my mama sitting five kids around the chair in the living room every night when daddy wasn't there and talking about the things of the Bible, telling us Bible stories and teaching us about Jesus. Now, families are so scattered. I mean, you go out in a restaurant and there'll be a whole family there sitting at the table and everybody got their nose stuck in a cell phone. No communication, no... Time to get families back together. So I'm going to tell you something. If the family ain't together, the church ain't together. The family ain't coming to church worshiping God. There ain't no Spirit of God in the home. You say what you want to. And the devil's just about succeeded in destroying the family. Because when the government stepped in in this nation and started supporting unwed mothers and divorced mothers, and I know people need help sometimes, but it split the home. It split the home. We got to get the home back together. And the only thing that's going to get the home back together is prayer. I remember the Lord dealt with me back in 2013. And I probably preached for two years on the family altar and renewing the altar and getting husbands and wives back to prayer, getting families back to Bible study because I grew up with Bible study. I grew up with prayer in our home. When we was children, we got the measles or mumps or chicken pox or broke a bone or... Mom and Daddy didn't grab us up and run the emergency room. They prayed for us. I've been healed of measles, mumps, chicken pox, seen broke bones healed. My little brother, about four years old, fell out of a tree, was climbing a peach tree over in Flowery Branch, Georgia, out of Atlanta. And he fell out, broke his arm, got him up the house, and him just a screaming. You can see the bone bowed up, fixing to come through the skin. And got him in the house up there and daddy was praying he had to preach that night daddy come out of the bedroom wanted to know what was going on he looked at my little brother's arm and that bone just he's reached over and laid his hand on it spoke the word of the Lord bone went back together that's what I was raised in that's the God I believe in and that's the God I serve and that's the God that wants to reveal itself to this generation God ain't changed People's what's changed. People don't expect God to be God anymore. Don't trust Him to be God. Hallelujah. Anybody love the Lord today? <laughs> Whew. So, I'm going to read a little bit of this prophecy and then I'm going to, i got to have some air. I don't know if it's just getting hot in here. It's just the fire of the Holy Ghost, but whew, I get warm. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I won't, I won't read just a few verses of this prophecy and then I'm going to go back and expound on it. And I'm at the prophecy with Brother Michael's house. 
It says, For even I, the Lord, speak to ye and say, Prepare, for a step this day shall be taken into my kingdom. Ye shall see a turning of things upside down. For I got at this time move forward and do a marvelous work and a wonder that though it be told people, they shall not believe the report. Do you know that's Scripture? That's Scripture? I know one of them's in Isaiah 29. I was trying to remember where the other one was, but I can't remember right offhand. I believe it's in Nahum 1 and 5. That the Lord said, I'll proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder. I said, though you tell people, they ain't going to believe it. People ain't going to believe in God today. But there's some people going to believe. They're going to see, they're going to hear, they're going to understand. And God is visiting this world. He's going to turn it upside down. It's going to be just like a day of the book of Acts. You're going to, you're going to go into a town, and they're going to say, these men that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. Is that not what they said about them in the book of Acts? And you know, I was praying under my tent one time. I said, God, ain't nobody hungry. Ain't nobody desiring you. Nobody believes in you. And Lord spoke in my heart. He said, have you showed them a God to be hungry for? Have you showed them a God that's real? Have you showed them the God of this Bible? Have we? Just stop and think. When's the last time you witnessed to somebody about the goodness of God and about salvation? When's the last time you witnessed somebody that God was a healer? That he was a deliverer, he was a savior? You know, the shepherd don't beget sheep. Sheep beget sheep. I said sheep beget sheep. So it's time to do something what God's given us. Amen. Sister Patty, Spirit of the Lord, and follow on her like it did. She's already brought four people into the church in, in a week. Just in three days, she brought four people into the church. I don't know if all of them going to stay or not, but I know one of them had a refreshing... God touched their life. Amen. So, time to be up about the Father's business. You shall see a turning of things upside down. For I, God, move this time move forward and do a marvelous work and a wonder that though, you, that though it be told people, they should not believe the report. For even a greater measure of the Spirit than fell at Pentecost shall now be imparted. And I take thee into a realm that no generation since the early church has ever dwelt in. You know, somewhere the glory of the latter house has got to be greater than that of the former. Is that the Word of God? God told us in Haggai that the glory that's going to dwell in the latter house, did y'all know where the latter house? Do you know them people in the book of Acts was the former house? And he said the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former. So I'm expecting God to do greater. If God poured out a move of the Holy Ghost in Jerusalem that 3,000 got saved when Peter preached, I'm looking for God to pour out something in L.A.J. that maybe 6,000 to get saved. I'm expecting God to do greater. You know, when Elijah and Elisha was walking along and they come up the river of Jordan, Elijah just took his mantle and hit it, parted the waters, and they walked over on dry ground. They got on the other side and kept walking along. And... Elijah looked at Elisha and said, Man, you've served me ten years. You've been faithful. He said, So you know I'm fixing to leave. He said, Yeah, I know it. Because Elijah kept trying to get him to stay places. And Elisha looked at him and said, Uh-uh. No, sir, man of God, I ain't staying here. He said, As 
Is my God living? Is my soul living? He said, I'm going with you. I'm following you. I ain't letting you out of my sight because I know God's fixing to take you. Then walking along, Elijah looked at him and said, you know God's fixing to take you? He said, yes, sir. He said, what is it you want God to do for you? He said, man, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Y'all think we need a double portion of what fell on the day of Pentecost? I believe we do. I believe we do. But you got to expect it. you got to press for it. you got to seek for it. When the Lord spoke in His Word, said, If you'll knock, it shall be opened unto you. If you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you'll find. He wasn't talking about salvation. He's talking about the kingdom. He's talking about going into a place you ain't never walked in. There's something greater being revealed. Something greater being revealed. Do I need to have a prayer line and pray for Lockjaw? Or y'all just... Man, y'all just so quiet this morning and so reserved. And Elijah looked at him and said, Man, you ask a hard thing. He said, But if you see me go, he said, I'll grant it. And they was walking on long. Man, this horses and chariots and fire swooped down, parked beside Elijah. I can see Elijah turn to Elisha and say, All right, brother, God bless you. Appreciate everything you've done, how you've stayed with me. He said, But I gotta go, there's my ride. Stepped on them horses and chariots and fire. Shoo! There he went. And as he went up into heaven, that mantle, eternal loose of it. Elisha seen it fall to the earth and he went over and got a hold of it. Wrapped it in his hand, walked up them waters of Jordan, and hit them things and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? When he did, them waters parted, and Elisha went across on dry ground, and all them sons of the prophets tried to get him to stay there in Jericho. Kept telling him, Elisha's going to be tough. Yeah, Elijah, he said, I know it, that's why I ain't letting him out of my sight. And when they was watching afar off and they seen it, said, The spirit of Elijah. Just rest on Elijah. What I want to know is where's the spirit of the Christ? Where's the spirit of that Holy Ghost that fell at the day of Pentecost? It sure ain't manifesting itself today. It's not in the church today. It's not in people's lives today. I want the reality of God. Oh, hallelujah. I want the reality of God being revealed. The Lord said, I'm giving you a space that I'm going to visit you. Like it was from the time I was resurrected to the time I ascended. I visited my disciples and I opened up their understanding on things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I give knowledge and wisdom on how to operate. Man, people ain't never operated in the Holy Ghost like them men were fixing to. They'd walked with Jesus and seen Jesus do it and they'd done some healings and miracles. But they ain't never been on their own. They're fixing to be on their own. They're fixing to have to do what they're doing without Jesus. Amen? So he started preparing them. Started instructing them. Read, read first, I think it's third verse. First chapter Acts, third verse, somewhere in there. It might be the fourth verse. But he said, he showed himself alive many days with infallible proofs. Forty days. And he instructed them on things pertain, pertaining to the kingdom of God. Instructed them things with, on that power and that dominion. Because if you read Mark 9, the first verse, he looked at Peter and James and John. He said, there'll be some of y'all standing here.
We shall not taste death till you've seen the kingdom of God come in power. Buddy, when that Holy Ghost come down on them, they seen the kingdom of God poured out with power. Amen. Because he told them what to do. In Luke 24 and 49, he said, You tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Glory, that wasn't just any power. That was that power of the kingdom. That was authority and dominion over devils, over circumstances, over situations. And I have people tell me from time to time, because I tell people something's coming. Well, Brother Metter, we got the Holy Ghost. I said, yeah, but you don't have all God wants you to have. Oh, well, I got what they got on the day of Pentecost. I said, really? I said, where's the miracles? The miracles is a witness that God was living in them. Is that not what the Word says? Go to Hebrews 2 and 4, and it said, God also bearing them witness with diverse signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, as you yourselves also know. The miracles wasn't to show off. The miracles was a witness that Christ was living in them, that a power had come down inside of them, that the name of Jesus had come to bring salvation and deliverance and healing, and he performed the miracles as a witness. That's why he said, you are my witnesses. You're going to witness I'm alive and I'm living inside of you. Well, where's the living witness of the Christ today? On the double portion of what them men got. Amen. I want God to reveal the latter house. To reveal the latter rain. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Just go ahead and pat me on the back right there and tell me that's good preaching. Thank you. Maybe I can get a movement out of y'all here in a few minutes. Okay. Even I, God, reveal myself. Even in this meeting tonight, we were going to have a meeting that night, and boy, I tell you, God revealed himself. You shall see a breaking forth and an indwelling of my spirit. See, there's a lot of people who had the spirit of God fall on them, but these never got in, in here. There's men all down through the Bible. You look at Samson's spirit, he'd shake himself, spirit of God, come on. He'd go out and do great miracles. But till you get it in you, it's never going to cause you to live holy and live clean. There are a lot of people done miracles. Samson was in a town one night, went laid with a harlot. Men waiting for him outside the gates of the city. He knew this out there. He come out, he slept with a harlot, shook himself, Spirit of the Lord, come on. He picked the gates of the city up and walked off with them. <laughs> it's the Word. The Spirit of the Lord can anoint you and you can do great miracles. But till the Spirit of God gets in you, it starts bringing conviction and teaching you what the Bible say the Holy Ghost will teach us. He will guide us into all truth. He will, the Spirit of God will teach you how to live holy. It'll teach you. It'll help you overcome and I don't care what you say about the spirit of God I don't care how long you've had it how great it's worked in you anointed you lived in you you still fight that old sin nature you still got to fight that carnal mind but now God said I'm giving you the wisdom and understanding of how to destroy the carnal mind how to destroy this body of sin amen that's what we need we need what Jesus done he, he destroyed sin in the flesh the Bible says he did Romans 8 and 3. What the law could not do in it was weak. My son, being made in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned or destroyed sin in the flesh. He conquered it to be our example, showing us we can conquer. We can overcome. Amen. We can overcome. And God's revealing this. That vision my wife had, what, two months ago? Can't even remember when it was now. She's back there praying. 
And we were all praying good spirit of prayer in here. And I walked to the back to, you know, get my Bible ready and put on a preaching shirt. So why do you put on a different shirt? Because sometimes I get in prayer, I'll sweat through the shirt I've got on. And I'd rather put something fresh on to come to the pulpit. I mean, I can. When I preached in Jamaica in 92, I didn't get changed clothes for two days. And they wanted me to preach one night, so I walked. We walked a mile and a half down the road out there. I don't even know where we wound up. But we was down this big valley. Like, road went by the church, probably about as far as the main road is out there. And it just sat down in a, like a little hole, says Pat. And little old church wasn't half as big as this one if it was even half as big and time I got there they'd heard that a missionary from America was coming believed in healing gonna preach about Jesus I already had a couple hundred people they couldn't even get them in the church so they took a little table besides I went to church and it wasn't but one light bulb <laughs> so they took the table out front moved the sound system out front and got me a light on the table where I could read my Bible. And they sang, and time they turned over to me, I had seven, eight hundred people sitting all down in that valley. Hadn't been able to change clothes for two days. And the Spirit of the Lord come on me, and I preached and laid hands on people. Had great miracles, great deliverance. Folks come to the Lord, accepted Him. And I, I got a little missionary woman over there, and she's still alive. I asked somebody here several months ago because my makers my neighbors from Jamaica and I tracked this woman down and I got a writer they said she's still living over there but she wrote me I was there in 92 she probably wrote me for five or six years begging me to come back to Jamaica she said when is the man the people keep asking when is the man with the mighty miracles coming back to Jamaica but God ain't spoke to me to go back but there's coming a day I told my neighbor I said you think if the Lord speaks to me go to Jamaica because he's with a church he goes to Jamaican Apostolic Pentecostal Church. I said, you think your church would support a crusade over there? He said, yeah, I think they would. I said, we're going to pray about it. Hallelujah. Because I went by school one day. We just drove by school. And I did. I went to a vision. I seen 10,000 people in and around that school. And man, preaching about Jesus. And they said, the only time school's right down there is December. So... I'm praying for the mind of the Lord. But y'all know how the Spirit of the Lord fell on my wife back there and the Lord took her into that visitation and she saw David fighting Goliath. Went out against him, took that sling. And when that stone come out of David's sling and hit that giant right there in that forehead, just and he said it, and it sank in his forehead, the Lord spoke to her. And he said, I'd give you what? I've equipped you to slay the carnal mind. And that's when God started unfolding this word that we'll be able to overcome. This spirit keeps wanting us to sin. Amen. It's a spirit. The carnal mind's a spirit. But I ain't going to get into all that. But there's an authority and dominion of the word. And it goes on and says, Know my children that yea, thou hast conditioned thyself and now hast positioned thyself for a visitation of my spirit, even the latter rain doth now begin to fall. 
For even I, the Lord, put it in action. Nothing can hinder and none shall reverse. For it is at this time that I command my will, my season, my breaking forth. Yea, to step in the earth. That's what God told me this morning. This is going to be a short season. Like it was between resurrection and ascension. He said, this is going to be a short season. I'm going to visit my people. I'm going to get you ready. I'm going to give you the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the kingdom. I'm going to get you ready for the power and the authority that walked in Jesus. He said, I'm getting you ready for it. I'm getting you ready for it. I want this. I spent 45 years of my life preaching this gospel and serving God. I think it's about time. I want this. Because I ain't 20 years old no more. <laughs> I can't do what I used to do when I was 20, but I'm still in pretty good shape, being near to 65. And I'm getting in better shape because the Lord told me He's going to renew my strength, renew my youth. For even as I've spoken before, even now ye shall see. Now I want you all see this. As a sign of the latter rain, ye shall see rains, monsoon, yea, in thy nation, yea, even in thy nation, thy shall see rain systems that I, God, shall put my hand on, that they shall sit for days, and yea, even weeks, that I shall cause it to rain, 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 rain. Yea, rain shall come down, yea, the water shall come up, even many shall see, shall say, as it was in the days of Noah. Do you know I heard newscasters say that the other day? One of them said, my God, this is like biblical times. And the other said, yeah, it's like, it's like end times. Said, I'm expecting to see Noah's ark float by just any time. Seriously. But what happened in Houston? It's just the beginning of these prophecies. But y'all see how that thing, they ain't never had a hurricane just come on shore and just set. Just set and spin. That thing set for days. And in March, and I'm fixing to get into what the God's revealed me to this, but in March 31st, 2013, the Lord spoke this very thing to me. Rains, 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 rains. Said, catastrophic and unprecedented rains. He said, are fixing to come. He said, there are going to be signs of the latter rains of the Holy Ghost. It's the sign. What God done in Houston, it ain't just a tragedy, it ain't just a calamity. It's a sign that God is now beginning to pour out a fuller measure, the latter rains of the Holy Ghost than He's ever poured out. And it's starting to affect people's lives. It started to affect mine and my wife's life. It started affecting Brother Michael's life. It started affecting Sister Patty's life. You know why? They're putting in action. They believe in God and they're stepping out there. I don't think Sister Patty's feet has touched the ground yet. She's been so caught up in the Spirit of God. But that's the way we need to live. We need to walk in the Spirit. Amen. What did Paul write in Galatians 5? He said, if you walk in the Spirit, you should not fulfill the lust of the desires of the flesh. It's time to walk in the Spirit. Amen. It's time to walk in the Spirit. God said you're going to receive rain systems. He put his hands on this for days. What y'all think he's going to do if he puts it on there for weeks? He said, as it was in the days of Noah. That's what people are going to say. They're going to see these rains come. And it's all a sign what God's doing. Amen. It's all a sign what God's doing. And they got this bigging out there in the Atlantic Ocean now. And they had a news report on late last night. And I saw just a little bit of it. 
because I was checking on that hurricane just before I went to bed last night and then somebody texted it to me this morning because I posted the other day and they got talking about how this thing jumped up from nothing to a category two or three or one I mean it, it jumped up there in a heartbeat and I said some of y'all remember back in 98 the Lord told me before this is over that hurricanes would be recategorized and go all the way to a category 10 and I said I seen sustained winds over 300 miles an hour and they had a report last night said this hurricane right now that's moving in could get up close to 200 miles an hour and they don't even have a category for it can you imagine the destruction and the desolation that could come off a hurricane like that God's going to get people's attention God's going to deal with sin God's going to deal with perversion and evil and it's trying to take this nation over it's time for the righteous to pray for there to be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost what did God tell us in Zechariah 10 and 1 he said ask you of the Lord rain in the time or the season of the latter rain and he said I'll cause bright clouds to overshadow you and I'll pour out showers of blessings it's time to start praying for the latter rain ask you of the Lord rain Man, I want it to rain. I ain't talking about natural. I, I want to see it rain spiritual. I don't know what this hurricane's going to do. It may fizzle out and do nothing, but you can mark my word somewhere. They're going to start gaining in strength. They're going to start gaining in power, and they're going to have to reclassify them. And I saw them get all the way up to Category 10. You said, Brother Matter, believe it or not, I don't care. I don't care because I know when God talks to me. I know when God talks to me. Amen. How many of y'all know when God speaks to you? God spoke to you just for that eclipse. She's riding down the road where she lives and just went by this place and she's looking for a place to view the eclipse. And the Lord spoke to her, showed her a hill, said, That's your spot. That's your spot. And she come up the trailer up there because my wife had told her she'd give her a pair of eclipse glasses. Somebody kind of took advantage of hers where she works and so she come up there to the trailer to get those eclipse glasses and her spirit was all broken and touched and tender and she said brother matter she said God spoke to me ain't that so beautiful do you know when God speaks to you how many of you know when God speaks to you do you know when God speaks to you I know when God speaks to me and when God speaks to me I don't back up amen I don't back up I preached faith for 22 years under them tents on the mission fields in India and Philippines and Central South America, all across Canada. But God's got me in a different mode. I still preach faith. You know, we started putting them faith tapes on the radio and some of them are back in the 90s. I was coming up the road listening one night and I stopped and I looked at my wife. I said, man, that, that man can preach. <laughs> man, he can preach that word of faith. right outside of Waycross little old bitty town right outside of Waycross I was headed to I was actually headed to Jacksonville Florida and we got in uh, down there just out of Waycross and blew two tires on the uh, back of the tent truck and the Lord said just set up right here in Blackshear just a little old bitty town just happened to be a wide spot in the road right there just a grassy lot I mean Waycross ain't no big town and Blackshear 
It's about like Cardicay. <laughs> there just ain't nothing there. But there was a big grassy lot there, and we got in touch with the man, asked him if we could set up there. He said, yeah, good thing, because I sure didn't have no six, $700 to buy two new tires to back that big tent truck. So we set up there and had a great revival, a lot of miracles, a lot of deliverance. And that's where some of them tapes are from. But I still believe in miracles. I still believe in healing. I still believe in faith and deliverance. I still pray for folks and they still get healed. But it's different being an evangelist than being a pastor. Amen. God sent me here to teach and train. I told my wife, he said, I, I, I put you there to teach people. Now there's God's revealing a word in her. Some of y'all know. Powerful. So, I want to see how far I got on this. And he talked about the rains being a sign as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, when I talk about the days of the coming of the Son of Man, I'm talking about the ministry that Jesus had being revealed in us. Amen. Amen. That's what happened to the disciples. Did it not? When the Holy Ghost poured out on them, did they not receive and grow into the ministry Jesus had? They raised the dead. Why the Spirit of God got so strong in Peter that they'd find out when he was leaving town, when he was coming to town, find out what street he was going to walk down, what time of day, see which way the sun was shining, and they'd put the people on the side of the street where the sun was going to hit him and his shadow would fall on them, and just Peter's shadow going over some of them. They'd be healed. You don't ever read about Jesus' shadow healing, folks, but you read how they touched the hem of his garment. Some of them, some of them, he just spoke the word. Amen. But it says all that came to Jesus were healed. The only thing that's going to witness to this generation is a genuine, real move of God that bears witness that He's real. Amen. You can preach all you want to, but if you've got something that bears witness to the reality that what's living in here is real. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, he said, I didn't come to y'all with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come preaching great swelling words. He said, but I come to you in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God that your faith might not stand in the wisdom of men but stand in the power of God. You've been around me for years. You was with me in 98 in Calhoun, Georgia when I put that tent up there. Tent packed out nearly every night and God working miracles and saving souls and delivering people. Night after night after night. Anybody around Dalton and Calhoun and up in that area and even LJ, I had a meeting in LJ in ninety eight, up on what, two twenty eight? Is that what goes over the mountain? Two twenty five? Whatever it is. Two twenty five. I had a meeting up on top of the mountain in ninety eight, come down and was on Highway Five down there by the old Cocker Lumber Company. Uh, I think they put something else in there. Now the lumber company's still there, but I think it's a storage ground for Freedom Gas or something, their tanks. But I had a tent right there in 99, had all kind of miracles and deliverance. And God wouldn't let me get away from L.J. Kept dealing with me about L.J. Kept dealing with me about L.J. And told me there's going to be a great visitation of the Holy Ghost in L.J. and Carter K. And that's when we, when we finally, man, we looked for, what we start looking, 2012? Yes. Looked and looked and looked, never could find the right place. And then had meeting in Sister Kathy's house for a little over a year. 
And then God let us out here because he wanted us in Carter K community. He said, Carter K is fixing to have a visitation of the Holy Ghost. I don't care how few's here. I know what God said. I know what God said. I know what God said. And we ought to be grateful that God's instructing us in the things that he's doing. But when this word came, and right here in this prophecy, uh, God said he, he, he's fixing to turn things upside down. What's on top, fixing to be on the bottom. What's on bottom, fixing to be on the top. I've been on the bottom for a long time. <laughs> I'm fixing to be on top. Because I've waited on God. Amen. Any of y'all waited on God? Any of y'all hungry for a move of the real visitation of the Spirit of God? Anybody? You want to see God reveal Himself? It's time to start seeking Him. It's time to start seeking Him. One thing the Lord spoke, if y'all read that, instruction. And that's what the Lord told me. He said, I'm giving instruction to my people. And I started writing it down. He said, if my people will press, and they'll seek me, and they'll really press, he said, there's going to be a revealing. Amen. There's going to be a revealing. You know, he, he instructed them disciples with things pertaining to the kingdom of God and got them ready, stayed with them 40 days, and told them, so there's fixed to be a baptism of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire. The Sunday before the eclipse, which is what, two weeks ago? I can't even remember now. We were winding the service up, and the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and the Spirit of prophecy hit me, and God told us, He said, I'm fixing to send a baptism of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire. There ain't been that kind of baptism since the day of Pentecost. I've got something in God. I'm sure you've got something in God, but I ain't never been baptized with them people's baptized with. And I'm fixing to get something in God. Hallelujah. Fixing to reach a place in God and an authority and dominion of God that miracles are going to start happening in the restaurants. They're going to start happening at the gas station. They're going to start happening in the grocery store. They're going to start happening in the department stores. They're going to start happening on people's jobs. I remember in 96, the Lord spoke to me about a revival. and Or 97, spoke to me about a revival. And I've seen myself going in like a restaurant, sitting down to eat. And... Didn't hardly get set down good till somebody come over and start talking about the Lord. And you get up, start talking to them, witness to them. They get on their knees right there in the restaurant and accept the Lord. And he'd stir the whole restaurant up. Pray them through to salvation right there in the restaurant on their knees. Pray them through the gas pump. Lay hands on them in a parking lot, in a grocery store, in a department store, and God heal them. Lay hands on them at work. I saw this move of God way back in 96, and now it's at the door. Now it's on us. Are you hearing me? It's on us. 21 years later, this thing's on us. Hallelujah. And it's time for somebody to become a vessel that God can live in and flow through. Amen. I don't just want the Holy Ghost in me and a little uh, talk in tongues. I want the power. I want the deliverance. I want the healing. I want the working of the Spirit of God that's going to change people's lives and set them free. Yes. People are bound. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, religion's got a lot of folks bound. I remember I was going to A.A. Allen's meeting back in the late 50s, early 60s. I wasn't seven, eight, nine years old. And Brother Allen preached a message on prisons with stained glass windows. Way back then, he said religion had bound people. Amen. Way back then, he said, religion had bound people. And there's a lot of people bound in religion. Because you talk like I'm talking, people don't believe it. 
Don't believe her. There's going to be another move of God besides Pentecost. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Amen. And I got my, I got my eyes set on it. Any of y'all ever read Philippians, the third chapter, and you read where Paul said, I press toward the mark? Any of y'all ever quoted that scripture? I press toward the mark. You know what Paul was pressing toward? You go right back up to the 10th verse. He said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Paul wanted that power of the resurrected Christ in the fullness to live in him. He said that's the mark I press toward. I press toward that mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I press toward the fullness of God that lived in the Christ, and if the Christ lived in me, somewhere He's going to reveal the fullness in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, I think y'all got super glue on y'all today, and y'all can't move. Lord Jesus, somebody come alive with me. You don't believe it? Don't believe it. I preach it because I know it. If you live just a little while longer, you're going to see an act of God. It's going to be the turning of things upside down. Amen. It's going to be the turning of things upside down. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. I remember back in 2009, the Lord visited me. I saw him nearly 30 days in fasting. The Lord visited me. And I started preaching about a turning of things upside down. And there's a friend of mine she used to be a cocaine addict. A cocaine dealer lives down out of Savannah, Georgia. And I went to India with her. She's a missionary. And she got a little mission work down there. And I went out and preached for her. She said, Brother Metter, she said, last year, she said, I seen like a big glass jar of marbles. She said, and I seen the hands of the Lord go down in it. And she said, just flip it. And she said, everything's on the bottom. Come to the top. And everything's on the top. Went to the bottom. It's time for what's on the bottom. Come to the top. Amen. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. A lot of these big preachers now, all they're doing is preaching the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel, trying to make people think the kingdom ain't nothing but material gain. Let me tell you something. The kingdom don't have nothing to do with material gain. The kingdom is power and authority and dominion over every circumstance and every situation. When Jesus sent his disciples out, he said, go preach the kingdom. Don't take stave. Don't take this. Don't take that. Don't take nothing for your material things. Don't take nothing to take care of your natural man, but you go preach this gospel. You heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. He didn't say one thing about material gain. If God blesses you, that's good, but don't get your eyes on material things. Get your eyes on the mark of the prize of the high calling of the resurrected power of Christ. He said, but it's going to come with sufferings now. He said, oh, well, wait a minute, Brother Matter. I, don't, I, I want the kingdom, but I want no suffering. He said, if you suffer with me, you're going to reign with me. He said, I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Fellowship means you're a partaker of. But Paul said, the glory which shall be revealed is not worthy to be compared. The sufferings we're going through ain't worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. It ain't going to be your glory. It's going to be the glory of the Christ that lives in here. Because you can't do nothing without it. You can't do nothing of yourself. 
I talk about miracles. I talk about deliverance. And I always tell people, it ain't me. It's he that lives in me. When I go to pray for people under tents, I step out there and I tell them, I said, y'all see that hand? I said, ain't nothing in that hand give you a miracle. I said, but there's a gift of faith in the Word of God in this heart that will believe God. And I said, if I lay hands on you and God does it, the glory be to God. I said, if it don't happen, you take it up with the Lord. Because <laughs> there ain't nothing in me. Amen. There ain't nothing in us. I said, there ain't nothing in us. So, if you got your Bible study on the prophecy, and I know I'm not going to get very far, because I probably done test to preach for about 45 minutes. <laughs> but I can't help it. The Word of God gets me excited. Amen. Okay. Uh, Y'all on page one with me in the Bible study? The first thing that the Lord spoke in this prophecy was for us to prepare to make our spiritual man ready, to get ready. For a step this day shall be made into the kingdom. The statement indicates by the word step, there's a, there's a moving forward into something greater and more profound into the working of the Spirit of God concerning the revealing of His kingdom. And the word day indicates that this is a season or a period of time that this will be accomplished the Word of God always works in times and in seasons according to Ecclesiastes 3 and 1. When you read Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, what does it say? For everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. So God's Word, what did God speak to me this morning? He said, I'm putting you in a short season. I'm putting you in a short season. It's going to be like from resurrection to ascension. That was 40 days. I don't know how long the season's going to last, but God said, I'm putting you in a season. In Luke 1 and 20, when the angel of the Lord went to Zechariah and he told him what he was going to do and how Elizabeth, being old, him being old, well stricken in years, she's going to conceive and have a son. Zechariah said, well, how do I know this is going to happen? He said, I'm Gabriel sent from God. He said, I stand in the presence of the Lord. He said, and you shall be struck mute. He said, because you did not believe the word of the Lord that's come to you, which shall be fulfilled in their season. The word of the Lord has a season. The word of the Lord has a season. I remember way back when I first started preaching, probably late 70s, I started evangelizing some, and I went to a church, and I ministered to this young man. He loved God, and I ministered to him going on a three-day fast, seek the Lord, come aside, get by himself, seek the Lord. Seen him five years later. He said, well, I still ain't went on that fast the Lord spoke to me about. He missed his season. God has a time and a season when he speaks you to do something. He don't mean for you to drag around for five years. He means get her done. <laughs> get her done. Amen? Do what God said. Get them home prayer meetings. Get her done. Get the Spirit of God in your home. Amen? So God said, it's a step. Prepare yourself because you're going to take a step forward into the kingdom. Do y'all understand that the kingdom of God is the power and authority and dominion of God living in you? That's what lived in Jesus. Jesus come preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is that not what he said? Did John say, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight? 
Let every high hill be cut down low. Let every low place be brought up smooth. Let every crooked path be made straight. Prepare, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus come preaching the kingdom of heaven. Look at Mark 1, 14 and 15. It said, when John was put into prison, Jesus came, I believe it said, out of Galilee, and began to declare, repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of heaven. It's at the door. It's at hand. He began to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Begin to teach people the authority and dominion. The kingdom of heaven's not heaven. There's a place called heaven, but the kingdom of heaven's in here. It's in here. Did he not say, I think it was in Luke 17, when Jesus preached the kingdom so much, they come to him, Pharisees come to him and said, All right, said, You keep talking about this kingdom, where is it? We won't see it. We won't see it. You keep talking about it. Where's this kingdom you keep talking about? Jesus looked at him and said, You can't say low here or low there. For the kingdom of heaven cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of heaven is where? Within men. It's in here. The authority and dominion of the Christ is in here. It's going to be in here. So he said, you're going to take a step, a further step into my kingdom or a further revealing of my power and my authority. He said, I'm going to reveal it to you and take you deeper than you've ever been. Is anybody hungry to go deeper in God than you've ever been? Amen? Are you, are you truly hungry to go someplace you ain't never been in God? I don't want God to be the God that I've known since I was a boy. I want Him to be greater. I told the people down in Alabama, and I was pastoring down there, we founded that church down there. About 2010, I raised this Bible up and I held it to the congregation. And I told him, I said, I'm going to find the God of this Bible. Let me tell you something, I found him. He's fixing to reveal himself. He's fixing to reveal himself. Y'all was probably in the service and I said that. Held that Bible up because they used to come to Alabama, drive an hour and a half to go to church. <laughs> you said, people don't do nothing like that. If you're hungry for God, you do. That sister just died back on July 24th. She was in Savannah. God spoke to her to go 100 mile up the road in a little old town where she's raised called Twin City, Georgia. Started a church up there. There's a church sitting up there now that'll seat three to 400 people. God told her to build it that big. They got a youth building out there that's just, a, it's not closed in like the church is. It's just the beams and everything. You, you can seat six, 700 people in there. And every year they have youth rallies and they'll, they'll draw five, six, seven, eight hundred people. Her husband keeps telling me, Brother Metter, you come down here and said, you preach a revival on that thing. said, ain't no sense in that thing being built and all that money being spent for that thing to sit there for one week or one weekend out of the year. said, you come down here and preach a revival. I believe you can pack it out. So somewhere I'm going to go down there and preach a revival. Just a little old bitty town. You hear me? Ain't as big as... I don't think there's one crossroad in the town. Probably ain't as big as L.A.J. Probably ain't even third as big as L.A.J. And... But yet God's doing great work there. And she used to make the statement, because when she started going from Savannah to Twin City, she had to drive 90 miles, 100 miles up there to 100 miles back. And she used to tell people, said, it's worth the drive to stay alive. Amen. Amen. It's worth the drive to stay alive. Hallelujah. So I want to expound on this if we can get there. And once that season is over, the visitation of that day or that period of time is finished. God shuts the door on it. So you need to get in on what God's doing. Amen? 
And as we look at Second Peter, let's go to Second Peter, first chapter. Now, I promise y'all, give me about another ten minutes. I won't take over forty-five to an hour. I told y'all, life's a fool. Okay, First Peter, second chapter. I'm sorry. Second Peter, first chapter. Got it turned around again. Boy, these first and seconds always mess me up. Second Peter. First chapter, 11th verse. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I got that scripture there, and then I went to the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. And I really started, I, I, I wrote them down from the second verse on, but let's start at the first verse. Let not your heart be troubled, ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, for if it were not so, I would have told you. And I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Now, that ain't talking about literal mansions. When he said in my father's house are many mansions, that was talking about the rich and deep, uh, deep spiritual rich places in God. He wasn't talking about natural mansions. He was talking about rich, rich and deep places in God. When I was in Savannah, uh, I think around 2011, and the Lord took me out in that vision, and he showed me this room, and I was in that room, and I knew everything about that room. Knew every nick in the wall, every bump in the floor, everything about it. But then all of a sudden, a door appeared in the back corner of that room that I had never seen before. When I walked up and opened that door, there was a whole room that had a wall full of doors. I walked straight to the door, opened it up. There was a whole other room full of doors. Walked the next one down, opened it up. There was a whole other room. And just went, went like that, went like that. And the Lord spoke to me. said, the unsearchable riches of Christ. He said, there are rich places and wealthy places in my spirit, he said, that people have never walked in. And he said, the riches of Christ are unsearchable. Amen. I thought that was the end of the vision. About two years later, the Lord brought it back to me. And he reminded me, he said, that, that room that you saw yourself in, he said, that was the anointing and the gifts of God that I placed in your life. He said, you're very comfortable in it. You know how to preach in it. You know how to minister in it. He said, you've got faith for miracles. He said, you can stay in that room. And he said, I'll still anoint you to preach. He said, you can still have some healings and miracles. He said, or you can walk through that door and go into a new, different, more powerful anointing. And he said, every door you go into, says it's going to take you to a deeper place in God. And the Lord let me see. There's places in God we don't even know exist. He said, in my Father's house are what? Many mansions. Jesus was standing there. He said, in my father's house, I got news for you. He was his father's house. <laughs> was he not? Was he not his father's house? Did he not tell us, you are the temple, you're the house of the Holy Ghost? 
And y'all think the Lord's just going to give us this measure of the Spirit of Christ that we got and we're going to fight sickness, disease, and forces of hell and battle the devil all of our lives and then die and go to heaven? I don't believe that. I believe God's conditioning us to go into a depth of His Word and power and anointing of the Spirit that no generation's ever walked in. Amen. No generation's ever walked in. And I'm not going to go any further today, but when the Lord spoke this prophecy, I was trying to see just where it was. But He talked about bringing forth a ministry that would perfect or mature. The word perfection means mature or completion. You ain't never going to be perfect in man's sight, and you ain't never going to be perfect to please man. Even some of them said Jesus had a devil. They said John the Baptist had a devil. Jesus said, y'all seen me coming? Y'all said, this man has a devil. You seen John the Baptist? Or you, you seen what he said about Jesus? Behold a gluttonous man and a wine bibber because he went and ate with sinners. You said John the Baptist had a devil. said, I've got a devil. <laughs> so you ain't never going to please people. So I quit trying a long time ago. Quit trying to please people, but I don't want to please God. But anyway, the Lord went on and spoke about the ministries. And if you go to Ephesians 4 and 11, He said, I gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. The very next verse says, For the perfecting of the saints, or the maturing of saints, for the work of the ministry. See, the ministry can't operate the way it's supposed to like it did in the book of Acts. It's got these five gifts, ministries, whatever you want to call them. Ephesians 4 said he gave gifts unto men. He said, and I gave some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying. That means the erection, the building, the teaching, the spiritual growth of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith until the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Amen. To a mature, complete man. To that measure of that statue of the fullness of Christ. Measure, statue means same number of years, same age that Jesus was. So we're headed somewhere. But we've got to have these apostles. We've got to have these prophets. We've got to have these evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But anyway, what the Lord... Brother Justin was there. My wife was there in this prophecy come forth. And the Lord said in just hours, you're going to see rains. And that was Wednesday afternoon about 2 o'clock. By that night, they had floods in Iowa. They had floods in Wisconsin. Bearing witness to that word. And then by Saturday, y'all might have seen it on the news. Some people was out in Arizona at some kind of national park out there. And it started raining at 3.15 3.30, they looked up, and here come a six-foot-tall wall of water, 40-foot wide, swept them away and killed nine kids. And God said, this would be a sign to this word. This would be a sign we're fixing to come into outpouring of the latter rains of the Holy Ghost. So I may continue on with this next week, but I feel like I've exhorted and expounded. Amen. And declared God's word. Does anybody here, here need prayer? You want me to pray the prayer of faith for you? If you do, I'll lay hands on you and believe God to heal you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody at all? If you do, come on right now.
I believe in the prayer of faith. I believe in the laying on of hands. I believe in divine healing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God's worked all kind of miracles. I remember we had the tent up out here for homecoming. And that man come. And I prayed for him. He had cancer of the throat. And I got a call from him the other day. He said, went to the hospital. He got real sick because of a lot of drainage or something coming out of his throat. And he said, doctors checked him. said, he can't find no sign of the cancer. That's God I believe in. He told me, he said, as soon as I get a little stronger, he said, I'll be back in church. So I'm expecting to be back in church. And I texted him the other night to see how he's doing. And his wife said, he's a lot better than he was. said, but he can't sleep. said, he's walking the floor. I said, tell him to pray. <laughs> if you're going to walk the floor all night, you might as well pray all night. I said, tell him to pray. It's time, good time to pray. You know, I ain't never seen people can't sleep now. I mean, people everywhere can't sleep. You know what I tell them? Get up and pray. Don't lay there and beat the pillow up. Pillow didn't do nothing to you. Get up and beat the devil up. Get up and pray. Somebody told me one time, said, I got the Holy Ghost. I don't have to pray. I said, really? I said, you ever read in the Bible where Jesus would rise up a great while for a day and go and tarry all night with the Father in prayer? Yeah, I've read that. I said, did Jesus have the Holy Ghost? Yeah, he was full of the Holy Ghost. I said, well, I think Jesus had to pray. It wouldn't hurt you none either. Amen. And back when I was in the tent meetings, it'd be many, many a night I'd go back in that tent, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, and pray till the sun come up. That's why God honored that word, and that's why so many people got touched, their lives got changed, got healed and delivered. Because I presented myself to the Lord a vessel that He could flow through. Ain't nothing I can do. Ain't nothing I can do. But I can do all things through the Christ. Does anybody need prayer before I change the order of service? You do. Come on right now. Hallelujah. I appreciate God for this word today. Amen. To me, it's encouraging. Y'all read what God spoke to me. And if the Spirit of the Lord comes on me tonight when I get in and go to prayer, if the Spirit of the Lord comes on me, I'm going to have the camera set up. And if the Lord will let me and anoint me like He did a couple of weeks ago, I'm going to speak this word and I'm going to put it out there on that YouTube channel because it will go around the world. There's people everywhere looking for the reality of God. And I'm going to tell you something. When this word speaks and you feel the anointing, you feel the unction, and you're a child of God, His Spirit's going to bear witness with their spirit. Amen. It's going to make a connection. I remember the Lord told me several years back, He said, I'm bringing the body of Christ together all over the world. I'm bringing the body of Christ together all over the world. We're many members, but we're one body. Because by one faith, amen, by one spirit, We've all been baptized into one body. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's the Father of us all and above all and in us all. Hallelujah. It ain't what you believe and it ain't what I believe. It's what he says is right. Hallelujah. Anybody, one more time, anybody all need prayer if you do, come on right now. Thank you, Jesus. Nobody, let's ask God to put this word in our heart and bless it. Hallelujah. And give us understanding. I know I probably went into things, but you know I got to go where the Spirit of God takes me. Y'all to be mature enough to hear this word and let this word take some root in you, because the Lord spoke in that prophecy, 
As you read it, he said, he said this will take root. He said, your root will go downward, your branches and leaves will come upward. And said, the fruit shall be the nature of Christ. It will be the life of Christ, the mind of Christ, the character of Christ. Jesus was God revealed in the flesh. Was he not God manifest in the flesh? Well, what we're going to be is Jesus, the Christ, manifest in the flesh. Amen. That's how we're going to win the world. Hallelujah. They're going to glorify his good works. They're going to see his good works and glorify the God which is in heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord. God, touch the hearts, the lives, the minds of your people and let this word find good ground. God, let it stir up a hunger. Let it stir up a thirst. Let it stir up a desire to see the reality of your word brought forth in these last days. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so, Father. We give you honor in Jesus' name. My mom will be 93 in December. Got the Holy Ghost in 1948. Next year she'll have the Holy Ghost 70 years. And she's still in good mind and fairly good health to be 93. But she told me one time, she said, all I want to do see this kingdom come forth. She said, I want to see the, said, I want to see God start revealing this kingdom. God's starting to reveal it. That's what my mama's wanted to see. Because she got the Holy Ghost in 48. She come in in the days of the healing revival. Had great miracles. Had great miracles. Amen. My daddy was a man of fasting and prayer. Go ahead and get the offering buckets. I'm going to set the offering buckets down here. And I'm going to put tithes and offerings for the church over here. And y'all know that the Lord pulled me off the job, sold my business, so i got a bucket over here for pastor. Anything you want to do to help us is greatly appreciated. But we trust God for everything we get now. And i got a mortgage. i got a car payment. i got a light bill just like y'all do. Because when I bought that car, I didn't know the Lord was going to put me out there all by myself you know out there on faith but I'm going to tell you something God's making himself real every month bills get paid somehow they get paid somehow and it's all by faith it's all believing God so if you got tithe for the church put it over on this side you got a personal offering you want to help me and my wife with put it over here on this side the Bible says labor is worthy of his hire amen is the labor worthy of his hire yes. amen well stand on your feet and come